Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for... All right, cool, champ. Back at you, everyone. The Conspiracy Farm. Your co-host, Jeffrey Wilson, with my... Uh, I'm his sidekick, and I just want to get that clear right now. UFC Hall of Famer, Pat Militich. What's up, brother? Well, everything's up right now. There's a lot going on with the uh, new administration. Donald Trump's done more in the short time he's been in office than... Holy cow. Any president besides, like, during World War One or Two, right? Yeah, and heads are rolling. I mean, clearly. I mean, you know, of course, he's not making everybody happy, but he's... Uh, this is... Uh, it's unprecedented, you know. Uh, you hear the mainstream news tell it, and they'll, you know, he's destroying the planet or whatever. But uh, it's definitely, um, definitely aggressive. He's definitely coming in aggressive, coming in hot. Well, um, Trump has shown that, you know, I who got fired from the Obama administration besides Van Jones? Can you oh, name man. anybody? And I don't think Van. I think Van Jones just left because there was so much pressure. Well, I mean, he went on that military purge kind of towards the end. I mean, a lot of people don't know a lot well, of. Well, I mean, besides, yeah, besides generals and, and admirals. Oh, um, shoot, I don't even know really. I should have boned up on that prior to the to the program. What do you have the answer? Is this a trick question? I'm just saying he didn't fire anybody that I know of, right? Besides the generals and not, and I mean, admirals. certainly not full-on uh, cabinet members within, you know. Well, elite. think about it, dude. Obama, Obama relieved Mattis. Mattis is one of the greatest military leaders in history, and Mattis disagreed with him on what he was doing and got let go. Well, and that's a perfect example of what you're talking about. In the first what, 72, 48 hours, he came in with what 30 plus different sorties and airstrikes. Yeah, and ISIS, an ISIS convo convoy was annihilated. Where you know you remember that they were worried about environmental damage from hitting gas tankers, diesel tankers, and other stuff in these convoys. Right? Oh, is that the rationale? I never heard that. That was their global warming bullshit rationale. Oh wow. I was going to yeah. say, man, we can tell, like, if a dime is heads or tail on the ground, you know what I mean, via satellite. We can see all these guys, you know what I mean? We know where they're at. We know what's going on. That's why, for me, I was pretty heartened by the fact, like, Trump and those guys, they knew the whole time. Like, even Obama, those fuckers knew the whole time, but just facilitated it. Trump's like, no. I mean, in my opinion, Trump came in, no. Mattis came in, nope. We know exactly where you're at. Smoked them. Exactly, yeah. And I, I think that they're also turning the Iraqi uh, military loose on them, I think. Most of that attack was done by Iraq um, helicopters that we sold them. So, um, but convoys weren't getting hit, from what I understand, um, during the last administration. But Mattis has obviously taken the leash off these guys and and said, you know, let's let's eliminate these guys because, um, well, you know, truth be told, which I'm looking forward to being able to talk more about. But the truth be told, you know, how ISIS. We know ISIS was created by money from Saudi Arabia, Qatar, uh, United Arab Emirates, and US. Western nations also. Yeah. yeah so, but uh, some of the other funding did uh, pretty pretty scary stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, and I'll be anxious to see, you know, if he does kind of slice the jugular on these guys because it's like not like they don't know who they are, where they are. 
you know, they play the whole, like, you know, I don't know, almost keystone copish, we don't know where they're at, we can't catch them kind of thing. But, I mean, we all know better than that. Um, no, it's not the truth at all. And um, let's go to, you know, since we're on the subject of in a war against ISIS, talk a little bit about the, the shooting in um, Quebec City, right? Yeah, I, I saw the, that. It did shot up a mosque right after, I think, the day, day Trump did his little uh, travel restriction business. Yeah, so the the Today Show, I was, you know... Super bored this morning or whatever morning? No, no, I was treated to the torturous um, viewing of that by my wife. I love my wife, but Jesus God. Um, so they reported on that one of the shooters, or they said uh, the shooter. They didn't say one of. They said the shooter. Now it's suddenly one of the names has disappeared from mainstream media. Oh, yeah? Um, and his name was Alexander uh, Bissonnette, which is a French-Canadian name. Um, but they didn't mention that the other shooter, Mohammed Kadir, um, they, they mentioned nothing about him on the Today Show. They just said Alexander Bissonnette, and he's a right-wing extremist. Oh. In reality, he's a convert from most likely Catholicism or something else to um, Islam. Uh, because he's hanging out with this Mohammed Kadir, and we know the hotbed of with the Sarnayev brothers and a bunch of other um, extremists up there in Boston. That's that's pretty close to yeah. you know, getting Canada. That there's a hotbed between the United States and uh, the Boston area and down into to uh, other. And places. that is on that side. That Quebec side is on that eastern side. That province is yeah, absolutely. That's a, so. Um, this stuff's directly directly linked in my mind that to a lot of extremists up in that area of the country, and um, you know, and the the media is losing their mind and losing the war against Trump and his followers and his administration on the justification behind shutting down travel for 90 days, putting a a, a pause on it anyway until we can get a true vetting process um, going to to figure out who the hell is coming into this country and, i mean and that's so i mean i yeah and it's so prudent brother and you and i have literally articulated if he does go through with this which he did what it really is about at least in our humble opinions man this for me um and i understand if people want to filter it through that fear or whatever the hell they're doing it is this is not a muslim ban i mean this might obviously affect mostly muslim people but the countries they're talking about ladies and gentlemen are the very countries that we're having these issues of state-sponsored terrorism. If this right. was a war on Islam, it would have encompassed the countries that have more Muslims than any of the countries that are on the list. Nigeria, right. Indonesia, Indonesia, Pakistan, Saudi Egypt. Arabia, and, well, no, uh, Bangladesh, there. Egypt, India, Pakistan, Indonesia, Nigeria, none of those are on the list. India right. ha or Indonesia has more Muslims in the world than anybody, and they're not on the list. Right. So it's like, um, you know... And it's only you know, 120 which, days or 90 days. It, it's a security it, issue more than anything, everybody. It's not some xenophobic, he hates Muslims, and we can get into the conversation about legitimate Islam trying to set up caliphate, etc. But this is Trojan horse shit, man. This is the checkers we've been talking about. If everybody wants to get butthurt and emotive, thinking they're whatever. This is against the normal values of America. I get what you're saying, but ladies and gentlemen, we are at risk and we are at war. Well, and just in just uh, today in Austria, um, Muslim extremists were arrested who were setting up a caliphate in that nation. Yeah, I mean, so look, it's happening everywhere. It is. So, 
It, it, I mean, it legit organic caliphate Islamic terrorism is happening legitimately and state sponsored, et cetera. So, I mean, it's a very, very dangerous time. So this notion of like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, why do you lock your doors at night? You know what I mean? You want to, I mean, it's just a basic security issue. And if you look at it through the prism of human rights, et cetera, I mean, dude, it's unfortunate that it has to be this way. We've talked about this. In my opinion, it's unfortunate that this, 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 uh, regime change uh, ideology has existed so th through so many different administrations that they've gone over and created such chaos, created this diaspora in these countries. Some of those people, I'm sure, are absolutely legit people fleeing fucking horror. I get it. But within that is, you know, <laughs> weaponized, I don't call it weaponized Islam or whatever you want to call it, but why why leave ourselves open for, why take the risk? No, true, true. Uh, you hear me okay? Yeah, it's, it got a little, little. I got echoed, and then I hear you a little muffled. Yeah, no, it's it, there are, and, and there's a lot of Christians that have been butchered, and Yazidis, and and Shia Muslims, and and you know now you got, you know, it was Sunni, you know, Syria's. There's a lot of Sunnis there. There's Christians, Yazidis. Um, you name it, yeah. A, a lot of different groups of people, and and you know, Assad wasn't doing anything to any of them. And, and this goes back to the Wesley Clark, ladies and gentlemen, five countries in seven years or whatever it was, seven countries in five years. You know, they, they, they operated under the MO of regime change. That's what the Clinton Foundation was all about. You know, they, they monetized this, this uh, ideology and they've been going around, you know, the world doing it. They did it in freaking Libya. They've done it in, you know, several countries and attempted and have attempted to do it in Syria. And yeah, I think that's, and that's really everything else. So. Um, uh, let me, I just want to go back real quick to this Quebec city shooting. Um, and then when the names were released, the media and the Muslim groups who were painting this as right wing extremists, and they still are painting it as right wing extremists. Um, you know, now they, I, I think that they'll just stop reporting on it. You know, what's, where's your money on that? Well, I mean, I think they're going to switch because it's already happened, champ. Once, um, after that happened, which is interesting because I didn't know, I wasn't too familiar with the names they were using in the, in the Quebec thing, but, um, per this travel ban, they keep, I'm hearing the narrative drummed up more. All of the terrorist attacks since 9-11 haven't been from external Muslims. They've been from, uh, American citizens. Then you start getting into that lone wolf narrative. So, um, I don't know, man. I, I think they've been drumming up this, you know, fear the terror, and I think that it's kind of morphed into also fear the lone wolf, not just lone wolf Islamic terrorists, but like you said, the lone wolf right wing. So I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, they are setting up a narrative to ensnare a lot of people. Um, I mean, you know, just basic dissent anymore or down the line can get you labeled as a terrorist. Who knows? But that's what I'm seeing drumming up, champ. I'm seeing they're, they're going to the cover a lot of bases here. Dude, here's the here's the thing though. Okay, this whole lone wolf title that they've given these guys that go out and do this stuff by themselves. Look, they're part of a very large army that's global. Okay, so the lone wolf thing doesn't sit with me. It, it, it's a turd that does not flush. No, um, yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, because they're all being radicalized and they are they are the doers. Well, that's when you hear when it happens. Are they affiliated or are they sympathetic with? Affiliated it means doesn't matter. It doesn't no, matter. No, I agree. I agree, but manual. that's how they create the narrative. They they're just reading the same manual, right? Right. No, I it agree. Would be like, 
it would be like this. Okay, I put out a book on like I've got a book at my house here that's as thick as an Encyclopedia Britannica. It's that big, and it's all on how to be a great sniper, right? So if suddenly we had global problem with sniping going on, and in every one of these guys' houses they found this book, right? So everybody's it's it's not only not only a book on how to do it, but a motivation on why you should do it and who you should shoot, right? So don't you think that that book would get probably outlawed because it's got hate speech in it? I, I remember if you remember, against, go yeah. shoot, go oh, yeah. snipe white people you around the McVeigh time. Like they the, the, the Turner Diaries. I'm sorry, get banned, right? I'm sorry. What were we saying? I keep talking over you. What you so, I'm just saying that if that book had in it not only the how to, but also the why and the who you kill, the book would get the book would be outlawed, right? Wouldn't Absolutely. It? I would agree, yeah. Just like so the Turner Diaries was red flags back in the McVeigh day. book, right? It is. Yeah. It should so, be. What you would think. Just saying, dude, I'm just saying. Um, people can say all they want about, you know, you can't ban a religion, you can't ban that, and there are a lot, there's millions upon millions upon millions of great Muslims who never want to hurt anybody, but something's going on with this. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, like like we've said, we're, we're not even halfway through this. This is, again, I, I try to look at this from the larger perspective, the, you know, the kind of the global agenda. They are definitely using some old school East versus West. That's just one part of it. And then the religious aspect, you know, Muslim versus Christian. I think there's a lot of things firing here. And I think, you know, like I said, there is legitimate terror. Uh, but I said with, via the chess game. We just got to make sure to not get played and start, you know, the, the marches. We, get, we haven't talked about the marches and all that stuff yet, right, uh, the day after Trump was put in, which, which, you know, cool. Love everyone's right to get out and march. I love seeing the numbers. Everyone has a right to do it. It was awesome. My thing was, where the fuck has everybody been these last 50, 60 fucking years while the, while the chess game has been going on? Not the fucking checkers butthurt game. Right. The chess game. Where has it been then? Well, it's, it's all a distraction. Dude, exactly. Who, who, dude, who came up with the idea to manufacture millions of vagina hats? And to be taken seriously and do that? Come on. That was insane. No, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is, this is how far it's gone with dividing a nation. So you start with rich and poor. Right. Exactly. How, how how people are sitting financial and you, you know they don't pay their fair share and have and have not. Side look, I, I I understand and feel for the plight of poor people. I I haven't always been middle class. Let's put it that way. Um, then it's black versus white or white versus anybody who's not white and and you know religion versus religion. And now they've gone so far. Imagine the households with a Democrat and a Republican in it. Now they're dividing families, dude. Now they've gone down to the family unit yep. and divided it, and now it's man versus wife, even. Yeah, exactly. That's how dude. evil. That's how evil these people are, and they have latched on to the concerns of the the the, the you know the sensitivities of every person in every aspect of yep. life, no matter what it is, whether it's financial, whether it's religious, whether it's gender based, no matter what it is, latched onto it, uh, funded it, fueled it. And turned it into complete chaos in America, and you know that's why I keep saying a guy like George Soros, who's funding this stuff, MoveOn.org, Care should absolutely be a terrorist organization. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter is being funded through Soros money. Um, 
all this stuff is designed to completely divide a nation and help it fall. Dude, I mean, serious. And that's and that is absolutely no joke, man. And this process is slow. And it's been going on for a long time, but at, and the thing is, man, and we're seeing it. Like you said, you just articulated it perfectly, champ. And, but it's it there's an there's an end to this. It all's leading to something, and I'm not sure what the hell it is. But whatever it is, when it happened, when it's whatever disaster, everyone's going to be throwing everyone under the bus because of this whole thing. This whole thing you just laid out. Husbands going to be throwing wives under the bus. Hey, there's a freaking Muslim. Hey, there's a Christian. Hey, there's a black dude. I saw. There's you know, it, it, whatever, what, all those strata you represented right there, you articulated. That's, I mean, we're just going to start turning on each other, man. It's already freaking happened. School yeah. kids telling on their parents because carbon use or whatever the school asked them to do. I don't know if you've seen that. The how do you use carbon in your home? Anyway, are you are you serious? Yeah, dude, I'll send it to you. That grade school kids are getting these little like kind of sheets. You fill out how you use stuff in your home and you take it back to school. Yeah, I'll send it to you, dude. Well, that's like um, doctors asking kids if they have guns in their house. Do your mommy and daddy, do your mommies and daddies have guns in the house? I mean, bro, there's records of They're schools giving on. kids vaccines without parental uh, consent in schools. Do you, realize, do you realize how fast I'd be arrested if they did that to my kids? Oh, fuck, arrested, dude. I'd be, I would, stu- I would be either be the superintendent or the king of the city or whatever. I mean, I would sue like a champ if they freaking vaccinated my daughter without my consent. I I don't know if I could hold back from. Oh, bro, you, you would need me to like a handler or something like cage Pat because we're about to retire, everyone. Please, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> I'd be pissed too. But God bless it. No, hey, check this out, man. Did you know? I mean, I, nothing is new under the sun, ladies and gentlemen. I've articulated. I don't think Trump's necessarily a silver bullet to things. I, I like a little bit of. The, I like some of his swag he's got going on, but. Did you realize that one of his advisors is a gentleman by the name of Steven Feinberg, who used to be the head of DynCorp. DynCorp got fined and caught up about 10 years ago for human trafficking. And they also it was also uh, affiliated with a, a Halliburton, Kellogg, Brown, and Root human trafficking kind of suit. But DynCorp has been caught up for some human trafficking stuff uh, <clears throat> that's on their record, so to speak. So Trump, um, Trump brought in the head of DynCorp as one of his advisors, which is interesting. Not to say that Trump's into that. I'm just saying, you know, it's not all complete outsiders coming into uh, coming into that. That is a little that is a little odd. I wonder how Bannon's doing with that. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting too. Um, Bannon, that guy. Because you know Andrew Breitbart with his past going after those people, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. If I don't want everybody thinking like me, I really don't. But does if everybody close, kind of does, does, does Trump want him close? Does it seems like Trump's putting some people in just to keep the enemy close? Yeah, you know that's kind of funny you said that because I mentioned this to somebody a little bit ago, and that's exactly was that was their take. He's kind of trying to uh, yeah keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Yep. Yep. So. Um, who knows, I mean, dude? Trump could be one of them cats that like to be pooped on, or like have them one of them CEOs that like the whole fecal thing, or like stepping on their balls with like stilettos. That shit's real with some of them CEOs and the power dynamic, dude. They love to be dominated. Who knows? I've heard that shit happen, especially in Hollywood. You went straight down the rabbit hole with that one. It's real, dude. I mean, I know cats. <laughs> I know you do too. But I've heard some Hollywood. I could drop some freaking names on cats in Hollywood who like to be pooped on. I mean, and, and just generally speaking, that whole dominatrix thing. There's that dynamic, that power dynamic of you, you run everybody every day, so you want to be dominated. So those can those can turn kind of poopy and pissy, and you know how it goes. 
it's what is it? Is that from what Naked Gun two and a half or whatever it was? What you like? To, you like you like to see grown men naked? Yeah, that airplane. Remember, remember asking him that? Tommy, have you, you like ever to, been in a Turkish prison? You, you like to be manhandled? <laughs> we digress here at the uh, conspiracy farm. <laughs> so, uh, what what else is Trump doing here? Uh, well, what else? Let's, let's, to name a, a I just sent you a justice. video before we went on here, and where is Eric Braverman? We still have not seen Eric Braverman. Well, Eric Braverman has been missing since what was it? What did I say? October eighteenth. Yeah, it was like the end of October was his last. Uh, and supposedly, he, I don't know if this is true because I don't. These are, I don't know. There was an. There's been a, that Monica Peterson, the girl who went down, was kind of investigating stuff in Haiti with the Clintons who wound up dying. Right. There's some. There's some interesting information coming out about that. I guess I had to speak on it too, because I'm not completely informed on it, but. I think the next episode, we need to um, not let those kind of stories go away. Because with this whole Podesta, Pizzagate stuff, uh, there was some shady stuff going on in Haiti, ladies and gentlemen, with the children. And this Monica Peterson was uh, kind of investigating it and wound up dying. And um, I definitely don't want that to go away. Because it seemed like the Pizzagate stuff, all that stuff, kind of just went away because Hillary Clinton went away. But that syndicate did not go away. Because like I just said, someone from DynCorp's back in the White House area, and DynCorp has been a company that's been a part of some real, real global shitty shit as it relates to human trafficking. Just saying. Right, right. Well, back back on to uh, some of the stuff. I think that Trump's boldness, though, is having an effect on the rest of the, not only the rest of the country, um, in terms of people that believe that these things should be happening, in terms of protecting Americans, in terms of uh, financial protection also and trying to fire up the economy again, going away from the globalist economy and, and bringing jobs back to America, but also, you know, on, on the safety of Americans. And uh, Le Pen in France is talking about um, copying the same restrictions that that Trump has put in place and and getting strict on because you know France has a big problem with it. Well, I mean, champ, I mean, this is what I'm saying. Look at this whole past summer. Why isn't everyone paying attention to what's just happened in Germany? The guy drove through the thing in the Christmas parade. Brussels, Paris, Ger- you know, Germany, Belgium. Like, dude, that's going to come here. And the only reason that has happened in such a huge way is because of, of the lack of vetting process. Essentially, Trump's trying to right. have us avoid what's already going on in Europe. Those, those those globalists and lefties are sitting there saying stuff like, um, well, if you do this, you're going to uh, make Muslims even matter and cause more terrorism. Really, that's that's how you're going to uh, address this. Right. Like, oh, a pe- you know, a pe- that's a that's a 10 year old child mentality. I'm not appeasing that, man. Go I'm just going to I'm going to go ahead and leave my front door open. Right. Of my house when I go away on vacation and, and nobody's going to go in and steal my stuff. Right. Right. It's I, I won't you know, I'm going to go ahead and get rid of my dogs that can eat people. Um, <laughs> go ahead and get rid of my guns because I really don't need those because, you know, I I mean, that's that's only the the neighbor that's going to get attacked. It's not going to be me. Well, and this is what I've said time and time again on this show. And I've said it, whatever people's again, I don't know it all, damn it. But people's lack of information, which kind of the definition of that is ignorant, can be and is dangerous. This notion of like, yeah, fucking let them in from those countries, even though we know we have heat with cats from those countries, is just so counterintuitive and so like counter security. 
I mean, they're so in their feelings, they're not seeing the goddamn existential real threat that's going on. The chess game, basically. Dude, I'm so sick of liberal feelings. I mean, I, it, I, I literally, I literally want to vomit because of their feelings. That shit ain't getting me killed, dude. It ain't getting my friends or family killed. And seriously, I mean, it's I, I'm beyond anti, not anti-Muslim. I don't, I can't even count in my hand how many. It's not even about that. And that's what's so, that's what sickens me that it happens to take over everyone's brain. Like, no, you're just saying no to Muslims. And come on, man. It's like Christian, all like, those people are all dude, Muslims. Like you said, some of those are Christians. Some of those, I mean, dude, yeah. the variations of dialects and, and language, and we're just so freaking, oh, man, I hate it. It's same as like black people or white people. It's like everyone's so monolithic in their thinking without even knowing there's so much nuance to people, man. Well, and, and think about, you know, they did an interview with Chris, Chris Kyle's interpreter uh, from the Middle East. And he goes, yeah, I support this. We, we have to freaking stop these guys from coming in. Um, these are dangerous people. And ISIS flat out said, we're going to infiltrate refugees coming into the West, period. We're, we're going to stick people in there. And they have. Um, in Bowling Green, Kentucky, they caught two of the scariest terrorists you can imagine um, who had tons of bomb-making equipment, all kinds of weapons, um, and these guys were part of Al-Qaeda in the Middle East who had already killed U.S. service members because they had their films of all the IEDs that went off underneath Humvees and armored personnel carriers killing our people. These guys were let into this country under the last administration because of the bullshit vetting process, and these people were going to come here and start killing Americans. Yeah, that's what's going on. I heard uh, I heard Claire McCaskill, who was obviously our Missouri senator, uh, who I've actually met, talked to, you know, whatever DC me being when you talk to her. Um, she was like, "Oh man, our, our vetting is super extreme, man. We do biometrics, fucking retina scans, blah 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 blah." I'm like, "Cool. I mean, we might have some top notch vetting officially, but the chess game is allowing assholes in. It's not about our official vetting process. I'm sure it might be top-notch. Maybe not completely, but the point is it's, it's not just like, ooh, the borders are porous. Like, uh. No, this shit is being allowed to occur. Problem, reaction, solution. That's the other thing. The southern border. Why did we get... When did we get amnesia about the southern border? It's not anti-Mexican. Don't we remember the shit going on in Juarez and decapitated police officers and just random people in the middle of the freeway in Texas like coming across the border? Dude, that's the thing. Um, you know, one of that's my not to say they're all, not to say they are all, but fuck right. me, we got to be honest about the threat. Right, right. But one of my coworkers, um, great guy, love him to death, um, said that he wrote letters to his senators. And I said, well, yeah, what'd you write letters to your senators about? And he's left leaning, um, which is fine because we have good conversations. But he said about this damn wall, and I go. Well, what about that damn wall? And he goes, it's ridiculous. He goes, this is, and I go, I go, no, what's, what's ridiculous is that, you know, people like my wife came here legally and had to pay the fees and sit in immigration offices across the Midwest and jump through all the hoops and do it right when we've got up to 30 million people here illegally, Jason. I said, uh, you know, the main thing is, is I've been to the border and I've worked with, with officers down in the Southwest and I've been to prisons. I've gone in when they've done drug raids in prisons in the Southwest. You want to talk about uh, some freaky stuff, I'm right on their tail going into the prison um, into a certain cell block area, and they drop flashbangs and freak everybody out and pile them up on a floor and march them all out and sit them down Indian style 
um, facing walls and there's an entire big room full of them all sitting there and you look at all of them and I would be willing to bet that 80 to 90% of this group of 100 to 150 guys, um, 80 to 90% of them were not Americans and 50% of them had the tattoos of the patron saint of drug dealers on their neck. Um, and these guys are in our country and they're filling up our prisons and, and they're, they're bringing in dope. They're shooting people. They're executing people. They're kidnapping people. Um, Arizona in Phoenix, I think that they had something like, I mean, it was a, a hundreds of kidnappings because of the drug trade and stuff down there. Yeah. They're, they're kidnapping people and holding them ransom. Uh, for, for I, the news purpose. must have just chose to stop reporting that, bro, because that was going on. I mean, it hasn't stopped. I mean, the drug and all that shit's still going on. So I'm like, why is it so underreported now? Yeah, and then there was so much pressure by the feds on Sheriff Joe Arpaio down there that he ended up leaving office. They put a new guy in, and his first statement when he got into office, you know what it was? Hmm. I I I'm going to protect the immigrants, the 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 aliens that are here. I'm going to protect them. So he got put in place by the powers that be, the feds, whatever. But I think things, the tide's going to shift back the other way pretty quick with Trump in power. That guy's not going to, that guy's not going to enjoy himself here pretty quick because, I mean, Arpaio down there in, in Phoenix, he was winning elections by landslides Mm -hmm. because of his, because of his tough enforcement on, on illegal immigration. He was very no nonsense on, on crime, Remy, or just, you know, the way he kind of, uh, his pink jumps or not pink jumpsuits, but he had all those inmates in pink and it's like they do. Yeah, funny, funny story. So I'm, I'm sitting there eating and um, I'm there for a show in Phoenix. And while I was down there, I trained some Maricopa County uh, people. And a guy who knew who I was, you know, asked me why I was there. And I told him, you know, I was there to do a show, do a live broadcast, but I was also training Maricopa County people and stuff like that. And he goes, Oh yeah, did you meet Sheriff Joe? And I go, yeah, I I hung out with him in his office a little bit and talked to him for a while. And he goes, I hate that son of a bitch. I go, yeah, why is that? And he goes, I got arrested for drunk driving and I spent a week in that, in that jail. And I had to wear a pink jumpsuit and pink underwear. And every night they would march us inside a building with TV monitors up on the walls. And Sheriff Joe would read us bedtime stories before we had to go turn out the lights. (laughs) He goes, that was ridiculous. And I go, well, have you been arrested for drunk driving since? Or right. have you been back since? And he goes, no. I go, obviously it worked. Mission accomplished, dude. <laughs> the healthy deterrent right there, man. He looked at me and was kind of like, I guess you're right. Right. Wow. So. Sheriff Joe. Well, what else we got, man? I mean, we can't be done yet. We have, uh, there's, it's going to be interesting because, like I said, last night, 24 hours ago, they call it the Monday Night Massacre. President Trump fired the uh, attorney general for not enforcing a uh, legal, you know. The acting attorney general. The acting attorney general, yes. Who was appointed by Obama, who's obviously going to cause problems for Trump. Right. And she 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 didn't refuse to obey his ruling, his executive action, based on law. She did it on because her morals told her she couldn't be a mean person. Mm. Interesting. Right? Yeah. No, I, I, dude, I, I'm just, I'm still kind of like, man, what the hell? Because you know, I, we knew this was the change. Like Obama was talking change. 
uh, and it wasn't exactly the kind of change we're talking about. And we'll see if this exactly pans out to the change he was talking about. But, uh, I mean, shit. I did the House of Commons yesterday. I saw a video of the House of Commons. Uh, they're going ape shit over in the UK. Like they were like, do not cancel his visit here. Cancel him. Like he was, they were just going off on, you know, the travel ban and et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, please. <laughs> yeah. Break. And those are the, now did they, did the, did, did the politicians confirm the exit from Brexit? Has that vote happened yet over there? I don't know. I don't know. The Brexit. Right. The from the European Union. Yeah, I'm yeah. Wondering if if they don't go with the citizens, you talk about uprising. I I, I saw somebody post on the old face space last night. They were like, "Is Trump our Brexit?" Or yeah, is is Trump our Brexit? And I'm like, duh, what the fuck, dude? No Are you kidding? kidding? Yeah. Okay, so anyway, on the um, on the situation with the the um, travel restrictions right now on those countries. Um, here's, here's something for you. Federal Immigration Law Section 1182. Whenever the president finds that the entry of any aliens or of any class of aliens into the United States would be detrimental to the interests of the United States, he may by proclamation and for such period as he shall deem necessary suspend the entry of all aliens or any class of aliens as immigrants or non-immigrants or impose on the entry of aliens any restrictions he may deem to be appropriate. So he's definitely within his rights uh, of what he's done. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I don't think it's, I think it's a matter of authority issue. I it just is it just is frustrating to me because everyone's fusing this and filtering this through their hatred of Trump. Not even, you know, he bypassed DHS. They they didn't even know. I mean, he might not have executed as clean as a traditional politician. But at the end of the day, the function of this thing is what something people aren't understanding. And that, to me, is frustrating because that's a lot of people out there saying, fuck yeah, let them in, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dude, you're compromising, you know, not only your safety, but me, my family and shit's safety. Right. And, I'm, you know, that's why I say their ignorance of this situation is dangerous. Well, but these are the people, like I said, that are being motivated and organized by money from the leftists. Um, like Soros. I don't think who, all of them are champ. I think you have a large contingent of it, but you have a lot of people who just are very feel good utopia. Were I mean, I, you know, the world we live in isn't the world we want. We all want to fucking live together, et cetera, et cetera. But the real world is not the same as that. Those guys are living in that kind of utopia world. Come on, let's just kumbaya type shit, and that's not what's happening. And I, seriously, as serious as a heart attack, man, you're not, I'm not about to compromise and, and risk my kids, you know, and family and all that shit. Dude, it's a, it's just practical shit, man. It's the same reason why you fucking lock your doors at night. That's all he's saying. America is locking their doors to a certain clique that we know have been fucking with us. That's all. Like I said, if it was on Muslims at large... Like I said, Indonesia would be on the list. Nigeria, Pakistan, India. They're not. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's, just, that's a lot of fucking people. You're talking about of a billion some people. I, I believe it's from from the from the numbers I've seen, eight, it does not affect eighty seven percent of the Muslims globally, exactly. which is well over a billion people. I just had a friend on Facebook tell me my my mom just got into America via via the Sudan, who's apparently not on the list. I mean, cartoon Sudan. She got in. Like it's not. 
And this is the media too. It reminds me of it reminds me of the weathermen, right? The storm's gonna be so fucking. You need to go to get water and <laughs> batten down the head. And like there was a couple drops. You know what I mean? It's just like they're just. Thirty-seven million Americans will be affected by this torrential downpour. This yes. Yes. And, you know, again, for me, it's just pragmatism. You know what I mean? I, I recognize the threat. Of course, it's not all Muslims. It's a very nuanced chess game situation. Well, I, I just wish people would get a little bit more hip to it, you know? Let's I don't do know the how many people, farm a couple more times. I don't know how many people out there have seen this video. But it's a guy using clear, like what, what would be a PVC tube, but clear, um, filled with gumballs, right? And he takes a martini glass and he goes... I saw that this morning. Right? So this gumball represents one million people. And he drops it in the martini glass. And he goes, "That's that represents how many people we let into this country um, each year. And he, then he goes through each continent with the number of billions of people, millions, and then into billions of people that live below the, 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 the quality of living in Mexico. How much money they make. What is it? $2. Less than $2 a day. And it's 5.2 billion people. So, you know, they, they sit there and talk about this huge humanitarian thing that they're doing um, for humanity by allowing, you know, 1 million people, and they want to up it to 2 million people into this country each year, when in reality, all that's doing is, look, I mean, you've got people that are coming here that are living off the system, um, the, the Section 8 housing, the, the welfare, um Food stamps, the you know the free hospitalization, the schooling, everything else they're sucking off the system, ultimately and costing us a massive amount of money instead of contributing. Now, sure, there are some that contribute. Um, don't get me wrong, but we end up having some serious financial hits from this, and you would think that that so it hurts this nation. Ultimately, it does hurt this nation. No, I, um, I, no, I agree. It's something they want. No, go ahead. Um, but it makes it makes it tougher for us. Um, and it's just going to increase our taxes and, and cost of living and everything else. But um, basically what this guy is saying, we need to help them where they're at. We need to, we need to figure out a way to make it better for these 5.2 million people around the world. And some guy goes, oh, yeah, well, how, hey, genius, how do, you, how do you do that? You know. And I said, well, I guess first probably stop robbing their resources out of their nations. Right? That would help. <laughs> starting fucked up wars, etc. But I, right. my my opinion, dude, it should never ever be a financial thing. It should be a political thing, like right versus left. You know, hey, less government. You know, that that's the conversation. It should never be fucking financial because this country, the dough is there. I just posted something on our well, page a little while ago, the day at before. 20, at twenty trillion in debt, the dough is not there. No, the it, credit it, it, there. no, it, it's just a matter of allocation of dough. Like we, we would. Ra- I mean, of course, there's that conversation of like debt, whatever. The day before nine eleven, uh, 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 Rumsfeld talked about two point whatever trillion that was just lost in just the Pentagon, and that was in two thousand and one. So you're talking about even corporate welfare. You're talking about like food stamps and all that shit. I get it. But corporate welfare takes up way more than that. And look at what corporations have done. Not exactly the best for the American people. So I'm just saying it should never be a financial issue. I mean, because look at the shit we've done, the fucking wars, just trillions that we've spent just for that. The money is there. It's just a matter of how we choose to allocate it. In my humble Right, right. And dude, well, did you know Obama? Did you realize President Barack Obama, um, between 2009 and 2015, administration removed more than 2.5 million people through immigration orders 
Um, and according to governmental data, as comparison to other presidents, um, it's more than any other president in administration uh, in history. Um, or no, in he, fact, he, they deported he, he more deported? than the sum of all presidents in the 20th century. He deported more? Yeah, and this was on ABC, mainstream I media thought, news. Yeah. I, I would like, I'd like some other sources. No, but my, I, I was almost being facetious when I posted it because mainstream media has been so protective of him. For them to be like he was the deporter in chief and deported more than anybody in, uh, you know, the 20th century or whatever, as far as presidents goes, is you know, it's kind of tongue in cheek. Even they're already throwing him under the bus, and I don't know. It seems to me. Kind of covering yeah, their ass, sure. like, already trying to chum up to Trump <laughs> a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> Hold on one sec here. But it's an interesting narrative. Um, it, do you think? Um, I, I asked you this before, and honestly, I've just had this conversation so much in the last week, bro. Everyone's saying they're gonna kill him. They're gonna kill him. Like it's just like he's shaking it up so much. Everyone's almost doing like a fantasy. Fantasy pool on how long till Donald Trump gets dealt with? What do you think, dude? I mean, like you said, he's he's shaking it up pretty pretty significantly. Well, I you know I'm I'm not sure. I just don't know how much he's going to go out in public and stuff. He's been has he has he been going out much? I think he's been in the White House working his ass off, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, he's like three weeks in. He's got like three three and three quarter years left. He's <laughs> more than that even well all I know is you know people like uh, there are people that obviously like him there's a lot of people that a lot of the leaders that were elected after people were run out of office basically in Europe and other places um, because of the they're so sick of the the control from the globalists you know even Jordan's King Abdullah wants Trump to get tougher on terrorism you know which is <laughs> You know, that's, and he was, you know, Trump Abdullah, or uh, King, Abdullah, King yeah. Abdullah was educated in America. I know he was yeah, an yeah. guy. Um, he speaks like he's from the Midwest. Right, right. The, the guy has no accent whatsoever. I mean, um, but, uh, you know, he, there, like, there trains are a lot of with their military, dude. He does these, like, training raids. Like, these. Oh, he flies, he, dude, he flies gunships and stuff. That dude's no joke. That guy's right. no joke. Yeah. See, that's a, we need more. If we need more like chill countries like that, man, we need, you know, that's a that's a very good precedent for that region. Just like you know, the people love him. He's not like a freaking despot. You know what I mean? It seems like the people dig him. Right, right. It's uh, and and kind of interestingly enough, though, um, in the massive training facility in Jordan is where a lot of ISIS people were trained by Western special forces people. You know, I was, I was going to ask that as you lamented him, I was like, I, in my mind, I'm like, I think there was still some shady stuff going on in Jordan. Well, it's like, okay, we bring in these people. We want you to train them. Um, who do we tell you you're training? Right. So I've been offered to go over to the Middle East and train people, and I've turned it down because I don't know who I'm training, right? Oh yeah, you know because they know that I train law enforcement and military, and um, I'll just say one one of them was royal family of Dubai wanted me to train their people, right? And I just went no, you know. And actually, I could have used the money back then. It was it was a time in my life where I really probably could have hoarded myself out pretty easily, but just because I didn't, you might know have never who come back, train, dude. 
You could have been What's like that? a fucking crown jewel. Like, we have your Croatian sensation. <laughs> <laughs> You've been in that damn orange jumpsuit, dude. Well, just, you know, you like I say, you don't know who you're training. Are they? Yeah. Are these people, you know, eventual terrorists? Who are these people? Right. Um, are they being trained to go kill people? Do I, do I see, want them to know, you know what I that know? Just, Hell no. That just sucks, bro. That just sucks that that has to be a legitimate consideration. You're not fucking racist or xenophobic. You're, you're, you're obviously, you're very security conscious. And that just sucks that that, that has to be on your mind, man. It's just, can't, well, imagine, oh, just, oh, yeah. Imagine, oh. imagine the guys that. Imagine the guys that actually did the training for the people that are ISIS. ISIS. I know, right? You're like, wait a minute, dude. That See, that guy that's cutting off those people's heads. I trained that dude. Yeah, right? yeah. Do that I want to be, be that? No. That would be another one I'd like to get into sometime. Not, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'd rather not go there. That's all right. In what? <laughs> what terms of? What do you mean? Well, I mean, just because I think. In order to get in some of those positions, some of those, not necessarily Delta Force, some of those, you have to have a certain level of moral ambiguity. Um, yes, you're still adhering to the code of ethics, et cetera, but some of those guys, long story short, I'm wondering if they did know. Some of them elite cats, I wonder how many of them did know that they were training possible assholes. Well, they were being the trained. Out of the, the military, they were being people. paid a whole bunch, like you're... Your, your whatever your security forces your contractors um, that just got a little more ambiguous about it like I'm getting paid a shitload of money I don't give a fuck who you know I I don't know well I would say that you know number one um, they aren't active duty guys they're they're former yeah uh, members of those special forces groups that are doing the trainings and stuff um, CIA guys stuff like that but um, yeah it's I I I think that they're just Told you know this is a State Department program. You're training these guys and yeah, no, exactly. Most of them just going through the motions. Part of the Free Syrian Rebel, eventual army, whatever you know, to take down Assad, who's a bad guy, and and they do what they're told, I guess. Well, right? and that's honestly, I mean, from what I've read and what I've kind of looked up on, that's kind of the the nature of this apparatus. Everything is very compartmentalized. Like, no, you're you're training a legit dude. You know what I mean? It's just. It's kind of like, in my opinion, like Gitmo, the Guantanamo Bay, that was less a detention facility, more so, and I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to catch no flack on this, but I, I think a certain level of that was a processing facility of who they can send back out into the mix, because the, the record of that place is just festooned with cats who were detained there for a long period of time, went back out, did shit, did terrorist stuff, you know what I mean? So, Well, it's um, like Baghdadi, the leader of ISIS, who... Um, you know, was in a New York. Who died apparently like three times, like Zarkari. We killed him. No, he's alive. We killed him. He's yeah, alive. they said they they hurt him. He was severely injured or mortally wounded or something in a in a airstrike. What was it? A couple weeks ago. We well, Mattis is. That was probably Mattis's freaking dropping some love. I just don't know if that's actually true because we haven't heard anything more about it, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Dude, I remember the name, not all of the names, but like Al Zarqawi. Uh, there were several names. I do literally over the course of months, if not years, like, we killed him. Nothing. Um, we killed him. It was just, it was just weird. It would just be this, like, seriously. And that's what was got absurd. I'm like, didn't we? It's like the. No, that was I, another dude with a beard. You know what I mean? With the same name that was the head of freaking Al Nusra or whatever. Yeah, um, but Baghdad, Baghdadi was in a federal uh, prison in New York State, right? And was released out of there. And when he left, I guess he reportedly looked at the at the uh, the guy, the warden that ran that federal that federal uh, penitentiary, and said, "I'm coming back to get your ass." 
I remember hearing that. Um, um, the blind cleric. I forget his name. But there, you might be talking about a different story. But uh, the guy who did the original uh, World Trade Center bombing, uh, right. as the, the I forget his name, the blind cleric guy. But um, they were transporting him in flying over the World Trade Center and said, supposedly said like we'll be back or whatever. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> exactly. I'll be back. That's so yeah. That's so movie picturesque, flying off the New York skyline. I will be back, you American dog. So, dude, let's talk about Hollywood a little bit. Let's talk about Hollywood. They're weird. They're losing their minds even more than everybody else. They're losing their mind. What What happened to your girl, dude? I'm not saying when I say when I say this, like, your girl. Like, what's up with uh, who had the rapper? Um, I just not tip my tongue. Well, you can't call her Ashley. Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd. What's up? What happened with that? Like that was weird. Oh, well, and there was the a thing. guy at the SAG Awards last night that started raging. He, he, no, it was interesting. He was raging about violence and intolerance or whatever. And at the end, he said, "If you continue basically to be intolerant, we'll punch oh. you in the face." You're talking about? Uh, well, Ashton Kusher was one of them. That was one of them. But another guy, I forget his name, but he was surrounded by all these people. He won an award, yeah. but he was just like, "Ah, the intolerance, uh, and uh, if you don't like it or whatever." Whatever, it's all good. It's, you're gonna, we're, you're we're not punching anybody in the face. Fuck dude. no, dude. I, this is a grape. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm saying, man. We're doomed. We just, yeah. we're so on our feelings, man. Like I wish the world was a certain fucking way, but it's not. And we at least have to be honest with ourselves about the nature of the threat and the nature of the world. Come on. Right now, they're they they. I've, I said it before, man. I, I'm tired of saying that they're. They all live in a bubble. They live in a make-believe world. They play other characters their whole life. Um, I, I, do you lose your identity when you do that for that many years? I mean, you're an actor. What if you did that? I've never gone so deep into out? that, but I swear to God, I mean, some of the best actors, in order to do that, in order to go deep into a character or a certain mindset for months or not months, but weeks on end, like most of the best ones, dude. That's like you got to be a little crazy. Not to say bipolar, but you gotta like you slip into different identities and do it well. Like, there's a certain uh, level of craziness you have to have to do that. And you know, whatever. I don't know when all of a sudden like poly- or, uh, um, actors because they're so good at that. All of a sudden, you can talk about this. Like, man, you can you can make a mean freaking you can cobble a mean shoe. You should talk about politics. Like, what? How'd that happen? Like. Just because you're great and you're on TV and the movies, like, dude, doesn't mean you have a relevant thing to say about the chess game. Because you so don't. Listen, yeah, listen to these people. Director James Cameron agrees that the Trump White House is insane. Uh, Samantha uh, or Jennifer Lawrence says the same thing. Uh, Samantha B plans alternative White House correspondence dinner to properly roast Donald Trump. Michael Keaton says Trump policies recruiting tool for ISIS. <laughs> right. Azalea Banks posts Rihanna's phone number in feud over Trump executive order. Let me get that number. Let me get that number. Uh, Bruce Springsteen. Trump's temporary refugee ban is fundamentally un-American. I don't think Springsteen was saying that when uh, when Obama banned people from coming here for six months. Yeah. Yeah. I know, man. I know. Dude, I was in Chicago when American Iraqis were demonstrating in downtown Chicago, and and a bunch of lefties were with them. Um, all going nuts, and there was potentially going to be a bunch of flag burning. So Matt Hughes was there with me. We were there for a magazine launch. Oh shit! And so Matt and I went out, kind of on the prowl, looking for somebody trying to burn a flag because we were going to have some fun with them. And uh, and 
we talked to a bunch of Chicago police officers that were standing in line, and we asked a couple of them. We go, if we some, see somebody burning a flag, um, what what can we do legally? And they go, well, whatever you do, just um, just leave real quick, and we won't chase you real fast. <laughs> <laughs> so just oh, just shit. just keep moving, and you're probably not, not going to have a problem. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just we're in trouble, dude. We're still in trouble. Like nothing's changed just because Obama left. I'm anxious to see how this plays out. I'm really anxious to see this DynCor. Ladies and gentlemen, DynCor. Look that up, dude. They have a history of some child sex trafficking, and uh, there is a member, CEO, former CEO of DynCor. I believe the CEO, Stephen uh, Feinberg, is uh, in around you know advising Trump. So. I mean, how? I mean, the guy would have been. People, were people arrested in this dime corp? Uh, well, you know how it works, dude. It's kind of like fucking Goldman Sachs. They almost collapse the economy and they get a fine type shit. No, I mean, it's not, there's never any individual accountability. It's more of a fine or financial issue. Um, but yeah, no, I, I forget. I'll have to post the uh, the article or whatever, and I'll send it to you. But no, there was some. There was some. Um, it's on record that they were you know, um, admonished, if you will, for this. Like, there is a record of them being involved in the human trafficking thing. So, uh, I don't know. Who knows, man? Maybe he's, maybe Trump's group's making him spill the beans so they can go after people. I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, someone, I, I talk, like I said again, I talked to somebody, maybe maybe this is part of the, remember when Jesse Ventura was elected um, head of, uh, governor of Minnesota? Yeah. He said, he had said, uh, Literally, there was several, five, six, seven cats that took him to the basement of the, the, the state house or whatever, the governor's house. Right. And had a, the CIA essentially just had a conversation with him. And, you know, after those conversations, sometimes people behave differently a little bit. Maybe he had that conversation um, and has to have somebody there kind of as a, uh, a handler from the other side. Not a handler, but an observer from the other side to make sure he stay, stays on the straight and narrow. Dude, he has his own security detail, right? Outside of the Secret Service? I believe so, yeah. They're secondary. They're on the outer. Yeah, like so he clearly does not he's he's very JFK wary. Yeah, he is. And I wonder, you know, when Trump got that speech from <clears throat> from certain people, I wonder if he went, You done? All right, get out of my house. Right. <laughs> you know. That, because his actions certainly aren't uh and you know what? I tell you what, he does things a lot more publicly. Um, he when he signs something, he announces it and holds it up in front of the cameras, right? Right. So he's making sure everybody's very clear on what he's doing. I mean, he's obviously a showman. Um, this is the no, kind of transparency that we should have expected, honestly, from the Obama White House. Remember, he was just like, everything I fucking sign, I'll send it to you 48 hours before. You know what I mean? Which was obviously horseshit, but like right. this, literally, this is this is full on transparency, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so the the um, David Harbor was the gentleman that was talking about we will punch some people in the face to protect the marginalized. Yes, yes. That was David Harbor. Um, now, I'm just wondering, and I said it before on our podcast, but I'm just wondering with how upset these people are getting in Hollywood when they're actually going to go on strike. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and imagine, brother, imagine uh, Hillary won. And Vince Vaughn, Mel Gibson gets up in one of the award shows and says the same fucking shit. We're oh, going to start punching yeah. fucking pizza gators in the face. You know what I mean? It would be 
You know what I mean? It's just the level of hypocrisy obviously is in place and it always will be. But I, yeah, their, their butt hurtness is just like literally like clouding their emotion because they're literally, and I said it in the previous shows, they literally have become the very thing that they were telling Trump and their Trumpers not to be when they quote unquote lost. Right, right. And I just knock on wood, thank God. But um, Hillary, Hillary is trying to put together a TV show now to build momentum to come back and run again in 2020. A TV show? Do a tell, TV do show. tell. What's What's that about? About, what do you call that, the Geritol Posse? <laughs> right? What I, What are they doing? Is I mean, you know that they're going to be advertising things like Geritol, like I mentioned, Depends. Uh, <laughs> spots. Um, Oops, I pooped my pants. So Yeah, no doubt. And... Um, you know some some serious prescription drugs, so pharmaceuticals will go nuts. What with is that. this? What, what? Seriously? So this happened for real? Like she's trying to? That's what she. Yeah, that's and so. What's and, it? Like, what is it? Like a reality show? Like walkers, do you have any? Walkers, any? walkers, canes, um, Niagara, um, do, um, Viagra, of course. What? Where did you hear this? Is this a reality show? Like what kind of show is this? Is this like an yeah, Oprah talk yeah, show? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Cause she, dude, by the time she gets this, up, what she might be able to bamboozle another generation, quite frankly. Cause she almost did it this time, which is crazy. But I mean, I was thinking she's too tainted. Cause the I left still, and I hate to use these terms, but that that crew who supports her still refuses to realize that she was just a horse shit, super compromised, wickedly diabolical Cruella Deville type candidate. Yeah. There was no way she was gonna win. That pretty much summed it up. That was very good, very good description, by the way. <laughs> right. Seriously, yeah. like instead of being like, "Dude, this chick was," I'm sorry, she was just mommy dearest on steroids, horseshit. We couldn't do it. No wire hangers. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> more <over> hangers. <laughs> oh gosh. So now, you know, as much as I was going off on the Today Show, um, not reporting the actual both the names of the shooters and that one was a. Uh, convert to Islam and uh, radicalized as long as with his other buddy Mohammed Kadir. But um, the Today Show now is cutting its third hour of um, its show, which obviously the Today Show is very high rated, to make room for Megyn Kelly. She's going to be the third hour of that. I saw that. And they're they're, they're shifting those. Who was it? Uh, Greta Fenn Sustrin, who was on like. Fox is now on CNN. Like they're they're moving these kind of traditionally right left. Like they're they're kind of doing a little shuffle here. I'm not sure what the fuck's going on. So Greg, uh, Glenn Beck on Anderson Cooper. A how much different are their broadcasts going to be though? How what? How much different are their broadcasts going to be when they go to those liberal networks where the producers um, are feeding them storylines that they have to read? Right when they were used to doing other stuff. I mean, they did a lot of middle-of-the-road stuff, but they did some right-wing stuff, right? I mean, dude, if you... I mean, I'm wondering how these cats are even relevant coming off this election, quite frankly. Because, like, if anybody... If you were, like, a... <clears throat> if you were a big, like, fantasy fit football picker and you just were fucking losing and losing and losing everyone money, no one would really come fuck with you again. That's essentially what happened this last mainstream media round, this Trump, uh, you know, from literally from his announcement to everybody chuckling at that, to like, he won't, there's no way he can lose, uh, win Michigan, no way he can lose, win Pennsylvania, all these different states to him actually fucking right. winning. All that punditry, all those metrics, like, uh, why would anyone listen to that again? You lost so horribly on both sides, really. 
You know what I mean? They both were like, you know, basically towing Hillary Clinton's line. I could tell, like, man, she's really in a commanding position, et cetera, et cetera. Just dog shit, quite frankly. I don't know how they have a job anymore. No, no I agree. You I agree. and I should be getting paid more because, seriously, we were way more on fucking point than they were. You know, that's amazing. But you got to remember, too, if we went on being on point on the election, who's going to get paid more between you and I? Yeah, believe me, bro. I've <laughs> I'm a, I've always been able to live within my means, like your boy Pat or Matt said the other day. And, right. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not an extravagant type cat, so believe me, I'm a... Uh, as no, long as I'm, I'm comfortable saying, and chilling, we're saying, all good. That was that, and you were, and you started to come around toward the end, before the election. You actually started to come around and go, you know what? You might be, you might no, have. And a you point. know what? And then we'll have to go back to the archives because you were absolutely correct. Literally, from when he announced, I was literally Jeff Wilson. I was like, I have to plan to move out of the country, period, because they both were fucked. And I honestly saw. Uh, uh, Donald on a couple different um, alternative news media spots and articulated his understanding of the inside baseball. So I was like, oh, shit. And that just kept flowering from there, quite frankly. I knew, like I said, it wasn't going to be a silver bullet. But one thing he understood was ISIS, and that was a huge, huge part for me. The war on terror and ISIS and kind of understanding this network we talk about all the time. Right. Um, used to kind of scare everybody and you know regime change and destabilize different countries and implement um well, you know. and you know while you're you're being very very honest about stuff but i wasn't on board with trump in the beginning i i wasn't i the only thing i said was um you know everybody knew i was a Rand paul guy i did speeches for Rand paul i wanted Rand paul to win um i knew it was a long shot um i i think that oh, trump's making a big mistake not having him somewhere in his cabinet mm-hmm. uh, agree but you know once once my boy Rand dropped out and you know I had, I had met and talked with with Rubio before um, I'd never talked with Cruz before but I, I like a lot of the things that he does I mean he's a brilliant man but dude uh, Cruz's dad was a part of fucking he knew Oswald dude Trump was right about that right yeah but um, you know for me I thought look if Trump has made a true switch from liberalism to conservatism, a Reagan-esque switch, and those those were my exact words. Um, I support him, and I mean he did he made more than a Reagan-esque switch, dude. He's he's full blown on, like he is he's he's full right. There ain't no left in him. Besides, you know, saying look, I'm I'm not going to change anything about the LGBT. Um, you know, anti-discrimination laws and things like that. I mean, that's there's no reason to because it's they're fellow human beings. Why would you reverse that and make it okay that you can be mean to them? You know, that's that's stupid to do I, anyway. I did but, hear he's trying to uh, respect and implement federal law as it relates to the weed, man. I heard he's trying to not you know move away from states' rights. I mean, California, Washington, these com- uh, country or countries, states are making big money. Um, I mean, it's not the the scare thing everybody thought it was going to be, man. I would I would barely be upset if he, you know, has nothing to do with my own personal thing for it. But it's just like it's it's a financial issue, man, and the state's rights issue. Like, why would you, you know, the the consensus is pretty much moved towards states recognizing medicinal as well as recreational use. Right, and, right. You know, well, you know, I, I mean, to me, if if I'm Trump, number one, he's. From what they say, he's never had a drink of alcohol and he's never done drugs. Right. Uh, he just never has. So for him, he doesn't understand any of that. But if he were to look at legislation that said, 
no, this legitimately helps cure people with cancer. Yeah. Being the if guy he that takes he it is, out of the context of just recreate, I mean, dude, the medicinal, jeez. I saw a video the other day, man, the guy, older gentleman, um, Parkinson's or ALS, I'm, sure, I'm not sure what it was, but he was shaking really, really bad. And he had taken an edible, I forget, I think it was an edible, or he did a little vape or something. It was a small amount. The guy just sat there and chilled and talked. I'm like, wow, I haven't, you know, it was it was pretty huge, man. And that's right, happened a right. lot. That's happened quite a lot. I mean, that's, anyway, not to digress, but. But that's a but that's a long jump, a leap from when I was on Venice Beach walking with one of my buddies. And uh, every other door was a medicinal marijuana place. And. I go, you know what? I'm just going to go in and ask these people questions because I have no clue how this works. I, I'm just curious how they're doing this, right? So we go in and I say, um, you know, what what type of conditions do people have to have to get medicinal marijuana in the state? And they pull, out this, they pull out this friggin' clipboard with like five sheets of paper on it, and there's like three rows on each sheet of paper with different conditions, and there's right. stuff like, like you're, you like you got a hangnail and and, yeah. and your head hurts once in a while type yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, it's everything under the, the criteria sun. is very loose and the threshold is very low. You're right. You're yeah, it's right. basically basically it should have just said I want to get high. Essentially. Do you want to get high? Yeah, you're, sure. You're on high. Venice oh, Beach, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So like, yeah. So that's the that's the the thing, you know, and and I'm not. Um, I know that they're they're arresting people because they're, you know. Drinking and smoking pot, which is making it even worse, type thing and whatever, and you know they're probably doing heroin. Heroin. Our, our guy, we and we're gonna talk about it here before we close the show, man. At the gentleman's cooperative, the gentleman I, I met this weekend, uh, who was a um, a Collinsville down here in Southern Illinois cop, <clears throat> just like everywhere else, man. This scourge is freaking heroin. Not to say one's better. Obviously, whatever. Yeah, one you can actually utilize for medical application when you die from but yeah the scourge everywhere is heroin oxycontin it's just like ridiculous these opiate derivatives um which again man this goes into this war like creating a conduit for the heroin like this this drug trade is being facilitated just like the terror high school kids are dropping like cockroaches man. it's insane uh, even in iowa i mean it, it's insane minnesota it's real bad um you know my nephews, some of my nephews' friends, um, when they were in high school, ended up dead from heroin, stuff like that. You know, it's 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 a serious plague. So they've uh, they've got to get that got to get that under control. But um, let's move on to before we close out, talk about Gentlemen's Cooperative a little bit in the weekend. Uh, yeah, what Saturday an amazing night we had over there. weekend! Holy crap, brother! Uh, Chris Maltzberger, Mike Birdson. That was uh, the Gentleman's Cooperative. They had their first, one of their first, I believe. Nick Roy, Nick Roy, and his Nick magic. Roy Hall, man. He's, mm, we still need to talk to him. I'm not sure if he's really human, but um, <laughs> they had their first, uh, the Penthouse panel, ladies and gentlemen, which is at 111 West Jackson down there in Chicago, downtown Chicago. It was, it was super amazing, dude. Seriously, I brought my big bro with me, Lance Wilson. Shout out, but it was pretty much everyone able to hang out and chat with UFC Hall of Famers Pat Militich, Matt Hughes, Boss Rutten. I, wow! Again, place, man, I was that, speechless. That, that place, that penthouse, top floor, yeah, of a downtown Chicago building, um, which is what a quarter of a block basically. Is that how big that would be? It was big, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's how top. That's how big this this penthouse was. It had a beautiful bar area, lounge area, a, a giant, beautiful, massive um, office desk with a, a beautiful chair. And it set up um, the outdoor the, patio oh, area with the view was just ridiculous. Which, yeah, and you know. then um, 
you know, the big, the big area where they, where they had, uh, the gentleman singing. Um, do, yeah. do you remember his name? Cause he was really good. Yeah. No, I don't. I just got, he's one actually, of the owners, yeah, Blake Alexander, the Blake Alexander was his name. He's one of the owners. Dang it. Um, no, that's it. Blake Alexander. He was the singer. Okay. There we go. Yeah. And then Nick so Roy was the magician. And then we had the yep. panel, which I wasn't sure how that was going. Man, I asked Lance, my big bro, I'm like, is everything going all good? He was just like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Like, everyone's like hanging on to every word. You guys, that was, ladies and gentlemen, that was, like I said, that was one of their first ones. And it's such an amazing concept because you have your Comic-Cons now, your cons where you're going to get a picture, you say a couple words, and you like shuffle along. It's like an assembly line. This was This was all night, man. This was hours. This was drinks. There was fights on. These guys got to actually have conversations and in-depth conversations. The panel, I mean, you guys, man, that was, you guys went, man. You guys went in. It wasn't some, like, bullshit uh, canned answers. You guys answered those questions in-depth with emotion. Um, that was that was amazing, champ. No, I was, was so happy to be a part man, of that, seriously. Uh, Michael White with his weapons. Michael White with NH freaking firearms, man. That guy was on fire, man. He was those are the coolest. Those are the coolest um, weapons platforms, you know, M4 AR style weapons platforms I've ever seen. That the the design of those things and the functionality of them were. That guy's going to make an absolute mint off stuff like that. Right. Yeah. That beautiful. Was, beautiful yeah, stuff. Night. But yeah, the. I mean, it was almost like a throwback in time to like Frank Sinatra days with the suits everywhere. No, that's, it totally was, man. It totally was old school, dude. It was like you're at some freaking like Capone party, man. The the that room, the whole layout, the decor of the layout was amazing. But that one particular kind of chill smoking room with the, the that whole decor, of that space was amazing. Dude, the chairs, the desk, it was so yeah. chill, man. So yeah, very so chill. Check out Gentleman's Cooperative in Chicago and. Uh, get yourself a suit because they make some sick suits. Am I right. correct? Yeah. Oh man, you guys were you guys were all threaded up so nice. I'm gonna actually take a. Tr- I talked to Chris Maltzberger, one of the. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Chris Maltzberger and uh, Mike Bernson. Gonna head up there and get a get myself fitted, man. Yeah, gonna be good. doing some MCing because I was doing the. Well, how'd I do, champ? How'd I how'd I do with the Q and A? The. Uh, I loved it, dude. You you ran the show quite well. You quarterbacked perfectly, and um, it went went beautifully, and I had a blast and. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I suggested, I, I spoke with Mike actually today and said, you know, we had a guest on, I think our second show, uh, named Peter Schiff and he knows exactly who Peter Schiff is. He goes, Oh dude, he'd make a great, imagine getting three financial experts, um, Peter Schiff being one of them, or just even just Peter Schiff by himself, dude, how many people would show up to listen to that guy talk? No, exactly. That would be sick. That would be awesome. Asking Peter Schiff questions about about the economy and what's coming, and you know, for people that don't know, he was the guy that predicted the 2008 collapse when he was getting laughed at yes. in 2006 and 2007. They said, "It's coming. I don't care what you say or how much you laugh at me on TV. It's coming." So, and it did, but, uh, and it did. Right. So, yeah, Peter Schiff. Hopefully, they get him because I'll go. You and I'll definitely go up there and hang with well, him. Well, I mean, hopefully, I'm emceeing all these bad boys. Not to put them on the spot, but hopefully, I can I can do the, some mic stick stuff on all these. But uh, yeah, that's a great idea, actually. There's so the, the whole concept has legs, man. From like CEOs, athletes, like you said, economists. I mean, there's there's so much that you can go. The space, like I keep telling them, it sounds corny, but you know how like politics or presidents, you know they bring on different uh, senators, congressmen who are like on the fence on votes. They bring them onto Air Force One because the space right. brings you votes in and of itself. And that's that space. Not the extent, not that we're getting votes, but 
it's such a the, the space is absolutely amazing absolutely amazing yeah. so we'll talk about our other sponsors real quick and then we'll close out yeah absolutely man we're going to be doing a bit of it uh it's going to be coming here in the next few days uh, a promotional event here we're going to have going where we're going to get you guys some uh free iowa bison if you choose to partake in this event iowa bison is an amazing i mean you pretty much iowa bison bison and stuff is way leaner uh than, than chicken as well as turkey even uh beef uh, very lean meat, high in protein. You can go to iowabison.com to check that out. Um, also, if you want to go check out my podcast, it's me speaking to you. It's me, SPKN, the number two, the letter U. I've had uh, many of different interviews, a variety of guests discussing a variety of issues, discussing uh, things with my boy here, Pat Militant, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, Kamala, the Ugandan giant. The list goes on and on. And um, ask, um, talk to us, Pat, if we want to get trained to be um, a lethal weapon like yourself. Where do we go? Go to firehorse.com and check out firehorse.com and we've officially launched training civilians. We're going to, uh. Firehorse combative, sir. Yeah, we've trained a lot of law enforcement and military over, I've, I've done that work for 20 years and my partner Don has done it for probably 26 years. Um, a very, very knowledgeable guy. The guy that's called the carney because he can do everything well. He, uh, he can fight, he can shoot, he can work knives. He, he was one of the best tennis players in the world at one time. Um, the guy is a freak of nature and uh, very knowledgeable in the in the world of of combatives and self defense. So we uh, yeah, but we're going to start we we are going to start working with civilians and and uh, a lot of a lot of rape prevention stuff and, and a lot of stuff with our our patented knife that's coming out here soon. A, a beautiful design on a knife that that Don and his father, who's a, a, a master engineer who can make anything. Um, designed the sickest knife that will transform law enforcement and military and rape prevention uh, because of the way this thing works. Uh, it's it's incredible. So we've got a lot of cool stuff happening. So, yeah, they can check that out. Very cool. Firehorsecombatives.com, ladies and gentlemen. And also one of our sponsors, the C4.com. If you want to roll concealed and nice and comfortable in a magnetic retention system, like a very, very comfortable system, ladies and gentlemen, go to the C4.com, the C4 being the Concealed Carry Clothing Company. We're also going to have a promotional event with them. We're going to explain it a little bit later, but it will, it will allow you to get, um, to put you in the running for a free, um, system essentially, if you will, a free garment, uh, male or female. So you can go to the c4.com and we will make that happen for you and we'll let you guys know about that promotional event coming very soon. Champ, yeah. it's been another great episode, my man. This weekend was freaking phenomenal, brother. It was great to see you. Um, the gentleman's cooperative, man, the sky's the limit with that place, man. Cannot wait to the next event. Yep, and we got to get you out of St. Louis before things blow up. Yeah, <laughs> that's a constant. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. There will be more. Peace.